Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. Learn how to create and launch effective direct mail campaigns with Canada Post's essential guide to direct mail. Visit canadapost.ca forward slash DM guide to get your free copy. So you want to grow your business. Now what? MailChimp's all-in-one marketing platform. That's what. It has all the marketing tools you need in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data and make smarter marketing choices. MailChimp. That's what. Learn more at MailChimp.com. Building your dream. Work-life balance. Scaling up. Discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you in your business. Just check us out at goforthgarage.com. That's goforth garage.com this is Aureli Wen, managing director for north america at agorize ladies and gentlemen welcome to the startup canada podcast show where we talk to epic entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast lots of amazing things happening and we've got a real real rock star on the on the show today who's passionate about open innovation and employer branding Aureli Wen is the managing director of north america at agorize in 2007 Aureli moved from Paris to Montreal and founded the North American Office of Agorize, a platform that connects students, programmers, startups, and entrepreneurs with companies worldwide. Looks like she's in control of the world. I love it. Specializing in innovation, recruitment, and communications, Aureli and her team have helped more than 60,000 students and innovators launch their startup and find jobs at companies which include TD National Bank of Canada, Desjardins, Aviva, Radio Canada, L'Oreal, PepsiCo, and more. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Aureli about the future 
culture of work, recruitment and startups, and lessons in starting and scaling up. It's going to be an amazing conversation. Aureli, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Thank you, Rivers. It's th- thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, well, we really appreciate your time. And so what do, what do you want our audience to, to leave with at the end of our conversation today? Well, um, first of all, I think that breaking down the cliche that hackathons and in general competitions, innovation competitions are just for coders would be my main takeaway for today. And the second would be about um, diversity in tech. Inclusion in tech is also something that I would love listeners today to to take that away. From that, from that episode. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really cool. And I want to dive right into that because that's exactly how I think a lot of people think with the hackathons. It's just for coders. Can you can you broaden that, uh, that conversation? I'm very intrigued with it. Yes. So originally hackathons uh, are coding competitions. It's a combination of towards hacking and marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hackathons are uh, originally coding competitions in, during which you have 48 hours, a room packed with programmers and coders. And the objective of these 48 hours is to code as quickly as possible a working prototype. And it was made famous by Facebook. And today, when you like something on Facebook, when you tag a friend on Facebook, these are two of the features of the two of the many features that were actually invented during one of Facebook's famous hackathons. Mm. And that's the starting point of hackathons. But the way they're doing, uh, they were created are very not inclusive because originally, if you do not know how to code or if you're not available on the right weekend and or if you do not live in the big city where a hackathon is happening, you're out. Right. And that's how that's how we figure it out because it's broken. Yes. And uh, the way we see hackathons is completely different. Or uh, at Agorize, we believe that hackathons can be inclusive and diverse in the, cr- the type of crowd that joins. Um, and that's why we created this uh, amazing online platform that can, in, well, as long as you have an internet connection and as long as you have a computer, basically, wherever you are in the world, you can join. And uh, you don't need to be available during a specific weekend because uh, our hackathons, we stretched the duration of these hackathons to, to usually, instead of lasting 48 hours, they're going to last three to four months. Wow. Which gives you plenty of time to hack from your couch, from the comfort of your home. You have kids, you have friends, you can keep a social life and not just be stuck with total strangers during the whole weekend. <laughs> well, I, I, I just want, I want to stop you there for a second. And this is, the, this is the whole journey of agorize that we're talking about. Is that, is that correct? Yes, totally. Yeah, love it. So, so let's, let's kind of back up from that to be where this vision is now. And I totally get what you're talking about. It really, I mean, it takes a community to raise an entrepreneur. We have startup communities across our country through Startup Canada, where we invite everybody. Everybody gets a chance to contribute and play in the movement of entrepreneurship. And so what, uh, give us the journey of one, what started Agorize, but also what did you see when you when you said i gotta move from paris to montreal and start the north american office well um so agras was created eight years ago by three students who used to take part in lots and lots of student competitions hackathons uh case competitions however you want to name it it was always the same you had uh, a bunch of talented people students uh with coding skills or not um a problem to solve 
and the limited amount of time. And that's how the journey, the agorize as a whole, the journey of agorize as a whole started with that simple uh, experience from three students who wanted to reinvent the way we do hackathons and case competitions. And uh, the, the, the startup group, I, I was employee number 25 when I joined the company uh, back in 2015, and I joined as head of marketing. Okay. Uh, I have a strong background in sales, but I really wanted to to have an impact uh, from a marketing standpoint. And they gave me this incredible chance to uh, join the team as employee 25 and uh, at the time, uh, while they had just raised Series A, a Series A round, and that round at the time was three million euros. Um, so I was part of that wave of, of new employees that came after the, fir- the first fundraising. Um, and then I spent two years as head of marketing, uh, learned a lot of stuff, went to a lot of different, uh, had incredible experiences like at Web Summit, uh, huge um, events in the US, etc. But then for personal reasons, I had to move to Canada. Okay. <laughs> and the crazy thing about this is that I jumped right into entrepreneurship without even knowing it because <laughs> they, they couldn't keep me as head of marketing remotely from, from Montreal. Right. Uh, so I had to quit my job. So I quit my job at Agorize and I'm what we call, what you call a boomerang employee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but that's beautiful. They leave and then they come back again. Yes. And uh, the way I left was, yeah, we, we cannot keep you. So just go to Canada. We do not intend to open a new branch in in Montreal. Uh, this is not in our in our strategy. But if you know things happen to work, and if you you sign a few deals by accident, maybe maybe you know uh, we can think about it. Mm-hmm. And I told them, you know what? I'm giving myself six months. For the first six months in Montreal, I'm going to talk about Agorize to everybody. And I'm going to see if uh, there's a market for us. I had never been to Canada before. <laughs> I had no idea who were the main players, who were the... I, I had love no idea it. Desjardins or all these companies, like they seem so obvious. Um, I had no idea how this works, right. especially arriving in Quebec, uh, which is, you know, a country in another country. So right. a lot of cultural uh, challenges there. And sure. um, I told them, okay, after six months, if I do not sign at least two or three deals, I'm out. I'm going to look for a new job, etc. I'll be okay. out of here. I'm going to stop you there for a second. What's a deal? A deal is a signed contract with a large company, private are, or public. And what are they looking for for you? For, when you're signing contracts, you're talking about for agorize. So yes. is that fair? So what are what's the what's the value prop that they're bringing these large companies that you're now signing? And they should have known you were you were uh, you were great at sales when they sent you out on this quest. They knew what they were doing <laughs> when they sent you. You were going <laughs> to sign up contracts for sure. So what's the process? What are they? What's the company? Uh, what why would they hire Agorize? Yes, uh, the main benefits for large corporations when they buy Agorize and when they hire us is we give them access to not only uh, the largest community of innovators worldwide, because we have 5 million people. Uh, and among these 5 million people, these people, these innovators, what we call them innovators, they can be students, hackers, coders, programmers, people like you and me who like to innovate and crack and solve problems. Uh-huh. But they're also startupers, entrepreneurs. And these 5 million innovators are distributed across 185 countries. Knowing that there are 195 countries in the world, that, that makes we still have 10 countries to go. But basically, we cover 
95% of the planet today. Uh, and this is what I was talking about at the beginning of our conversation is even though we're a small team of today 80 people, we're yes. capable of moving crowds all over the planet just through a single platform. And that's what large companies and our, our potential clients are interested in, right? It's the, the value of our community at first, but also the platform itself. Yes. Because today, believe it or not, with all the different platforms that exist on the market, there is no such platform that can manage a hackathon online as well as our platform. And so do the companies, when they come in or, or LA, do they, uh, do they say, okay, this is my problem. I would, mm -hmm. uh, I want to challenge the, the innovators with that, with that challenge, or do they just say, I want to hang out? How does that work? Oh yeah. So the three main people we talk to at these companies, they either have HR uh, challenges such as yes. talent, talent acquisition, especially in Canada, with a 5% unemployment at its lowest rate ever. Yes. Uh, it's a huge challenge. So war for talent is real, and they use our services uh, and these hackathons as a way to recruit and attract talent. Oh, wow. And how yeah. do they do that? How do they, uh, how do they engage? How does your client engage with the, uh, with the hackathon without coming across as, oh, I'm just a supplier here. I'm trying to, uh, uh, do they actually get involved with the hackathon itself or are they just, are they just observers? No, no, they, we involve them, uh, deeply in the hackathon. Uh, the way hackathons are do uh, are done today, mainly in Canada is usually you have a bunch of very enthusiastic enthusiastic people who say, hey, uh, we're students and we want to launch a hackathon. And then they go and knock on doors of different companies. They ask for a case and then they solve it. But the level of, of commitment, of engagement of the company is very low. While in our case, we start the other way around. We start by knocking on doors of big corporations or large organizations. And we ask them, what are your main challenges today? Right. Is it recruitment? Is it marketing? Is it brand awareness? Is this open innovation? Is this a need to crowd, to, to source ideas outside of your walls or actually cr source ideas from the bottom up of your organization? These are the actually the, the, the places where it was super, super relevant. And once we get a better understanding of what they're struggling with, then we're capable of, of crafting a hackathon or a challenge that makes sense for them. And that changes everything because we start the conversation by telling them, imagine yourself at the end of the challenge of the hackathon. Picture yourself at the end of it. Mm -hmm. What would you have liked to achieve? Right. And what are you going to do with the winning ideas? What are you going to do with the winners? Are you right. going to hire them? Are you going to integrate them in your teams? Are you going to buy their products? And we start the conversation by the end of the story because that helps everybody be more engaged and committed in the, in the process. Of course. Of course. Very, very cool. And so uh, I am going to get back to your story here in a minute because we I pulled you aside about you said you, you sold three projects. But um, can you I, but I want to talk about some of the success stories because you, you've you know, you're referencing what are the challenges of the companies? You know, what are they what do they want at the end of their journey? Can you give us uh, an example? And I appreciate confidentiality, but if you if you just kind of Give us some examples as to what some of these companies have achieved and why they're so happy to be connected to you guys. Well, uh, very recently, we um, had we have wrapped up a hackathon with the CBC and Radio Canada. And uh, the fact that I'm so proud of this hackathon that we managed to work to to organize is uh, the winning team. So this is public. I can share it and it's available online. Cool. Um, the winning team comes from Yellowknife. Nice. 
And if we had, if the CBC, so Radio Canada used to do a lot of in-person hackathons, actually one in-person hackathon before, before they started working with us. And that made that hackathon interestingly very exclusive, right? Uh, and so I came to them at the time when I, this was one of my first uh, business meetings. And I explained our approach of hackathons uh, by, you know, making them accessible to everybody, et cetera, across Canada. Right. And the fact that the winning team came from Yellowknife tells everything. Yes. This is what yes. I'm, this is exactly why I'm waking up every morning because these innovators had came up with a very incredible idea of um, creating a, a radio show that would be translated in the 16 different languages that are spoken in the Northwestern territories. Mm. I didn't even know there were 16 different languages crazy, there. isn't it? Yeah. I didn't know 16, but I knew there was a lot. Yes, and uh, this project would never have been able to shine if it wasn't for for our approach, for the platform, for the fact that they, the CPC, bought the concept and said, "Okay, let's do it. Let's let's change the way we we everything we've known about hackathons. They throw it away and let's go with that methodology and that approach." And um, the CEO of the CPC came while the the previous editions she wasn't there. And it's, uh, she was amazed by the level of quality of the projects. And she said, okay, we need to do more of that. We need to open ourselves to innovators from all across Canada and, and you know, just stop innovating in a closed circuit, basically. And this, to me, is very rewarding. Is there, uh, can you talk about in the Yellowknife team, uh, what were some people, what were some personalities, some talents on the, their team that wouldn't traditionally be involved with a hackathon. Yes, so um, there were two: one de- one self-taught de- developer, one professional developer as well, but one was self-taught, and the third person um, she was she has a business and marketing background. Okay, very cool. And did they come together themselves, or do you do they do they put profiles on and they they come together that way? How did they all come together? Oh yeah, so um, they, I think they didn't know each other before before forming teams. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, one of the use cases we didn't we do not expect on Agorize is sometimes it creates um, collisions between people that never never would have known each other yeah, right. if it wasn't for you know the the matching algorithm that we have on the platform. Uh huh. And we also have a, an Agorize baby. Uh, <laughs> there was this guy and this girl they met on the platform. They did a challenge together. They fell in love, and now they they've had the baby last year. <laughs> and what's the name of the baby? Uh, Agorize. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I was going. You got me with that one. I love it. I love it. So I promise you, I'm going to get back to your story. But I, I have one no more problem. question, and then we're going to get back to you because I want to talk about the North American journey. How does Agorize galvanize? You know, um, create a momentum that creates five million people coming together on a singular platform in five years. How how does that happen? Uh, does it happen organically? Is there a specific process in place that that you folks implement? Can you talk about that? Sure. Uh, there's no magic formula. Um, it's all about time, dedication, and forming the right partnerships with the right people. When we started Algorize eight years ago, everybody thought we were crazy. Everybody thought that this would never work. Actually, there was a, a 
innovation VP back in Europe who said, your concept is so bad that if you ever survive <laughs> your first year, I'm going to shave my head. So it was very hard at first to convince everybody about joining the platform and, and coming and of course, check yes. out our challenges. But actually, um, the secret sauce here is... Um, forming partnerships and, and strong relationships with deans, professors, um, student associations at universities is key because um, students come and go, but administrators and professors stay. Right. And if you convince these key people yes. of the relevance of your, of your value proposition, then they will be loyal and they will keep on helping you recruit participants because it's a win-win situation. Yeah. If a student from your class wins a hackathon. It's going to make your university shine, your class shine. It's good for everybody. And it's all free. Yeah. They pay so, nothing to participate. They pay nothing to participate, but the companies do who, uh, who are looking to have challenges uh, addressed. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the business model is very simple at Agorize. It's uh, the one who chooses the problem to, to be solved by the community is the one who pays us. Right, right. So... Bring us back to your journey in Montreal. You sold three contracts, which would be no surprise, given the fact that you, that's what you love to do. And take us on there from how, uh, how, how things evolved, where you brought Agorize to North America, where the gang said, no, we're not going to North America. <laughs> yeah, actually, after six months, I, I had five uh, closed deals. Nice. Yeah, it was over the expectations. I first first 10 months was very were very harsh because i had to fight again internally to defend uh the that the canadian market was a legit market to be on right and i also had to convince a lot of people who had never heard of us before right. uh, here in canada and in the us because the playground for me is the canada and the us right um but then, you know, um, we had a very good conversation then after a few months. I said, okay, well, welcome back to the team. <laughs> <laughs> the boomerang. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I was the boomerang. And so, so signed a, like, I actually was much better than when I left in terms of conditions because I was, I'm now associated at Agorize. Right. Uh, I'm on, I'm on the board uh, of, you know, I have shares and I really have Beautiful. become one of the, they can like the three co-founders consider me as a co-founder as well. Yeah. Wow. And this is incredible because um, to me, you, even though you're not and the lesson I would share today is even if you're not from the founding team and you sometimes have that imposter syndrome, you can become part of the founding team because you've shown dedication and passion for the product and for the mission. Right. So it's not a bad thing not to be in the founding team because you can become part of it at any time. Sure. You have an opportunity. Absolutely. And so, to, co and sorry, and two founders, uh, yeah. I would also say, let your, let your employees shine wherever they, whenever they join the company, because if you create superstars that are not you, you the more superstars you will have among your ranks, the better, because, um, even though they hadn't been there right from the start, they may be starting another office and have exactly the same struggles, the same horrible, like roller coaster, emotional roller coasters, yes. and, and live exactly what you've lived. Um, and it's uh, it's great as a founder to be open to that. Uh, very cool. Are all the all the original founders uh, still together? Still in the company? Oh yes, all yeah. of them. Cool. 
Very cool. All right. So Aureli, take us through the, okay, you've arrived in North America. You get five contracts. After a while, that that's not important anymore because it's about your next contract. How have you developed the North American marketplace for, uh, which is your responsibility as the managing director uh, over since, you know, since you've, since you've taken on that responsibility? How is, how has that worked biz dev wise and, and so on? Yes. So the two main challenges here is um, user acquisition. May they be B2B and B2C. Um, so the first thing is to that I did was hire people who would be team members who would be in charge of growing the community B2C. We already had actually a lot of participants in Canada organically that we managed to attract even though not having any presence here. Uh, actually, the main driver for that is uh, the uh, very famous challenge launched by L'Oreal. Uh, it's been going on for 29 years now, and it's called Brandstorm. And uh, when we signed the con- this contract with L'Oreal, we were jumping off the roof because uh, <laughs> when we created Agorize, we wanted to be just like Brandstorm. We really looked up to them. Nice. And yeah, when they decided to switch platform and, and go on ours, we immediately had 55,000 people, like 55,000 wow. students from 60 countries who registered on Agorize. And uh, we had this like, tremendous boost in Canada, including Canada. Wow. But now having a presence there, we really needed to grow the community. So hiring the right people is key. Uh, and it's, a, it's an everyday struggle. Surrounding yourself with the right people who believe in the mission, who are dedicated, who believe uh, in the fact that there's a real value for people to join Agorize and be able to convey that value proposition is something that is so hard to find. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that was the strategy. How do you, how do you, because uh, this, this is a very important thing, because in, in that answer, you reference mission first, understands what it is. You're on a journey, you're on a focus. It's not about, oh, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. No, it's really about mindset and your, your values that are that are similar. How do you go through that process of identifying that? Because I, 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 and why I wanted to have that conversation with you is because this is a fundamental flaw in how a lot of co-founders come together is they talk about, they talk about talents, not necessarily fa- values, and that's why I love what you mentioned mission. So, how do you how do you uh, work towards finding that right person in your team in North America? Um, the first thing I think. Uh so we we have we're lucky enough because we have a sexy product, open innovation. When you type open innovation jobs in Canada, there are very few of them, and Agorize is one of the very few companies who is capable of offering these kinds of positions that are not at large corporations where you only have a tiny, very very specific responsibility. So that's uh, lucky enough. We have a lot of inbound um, candidates, but then. Um, the first thing you, the first thing I do is actually I look it up. I look up their names on our database, our user, our user ah, of database. Of course, yes, <laughs> of course. Are you a user? Absolutely. Yeah. Have you already participated in our challenges? And when you go on Agorize and you find the person, you are capable of seeing what are the challenges they have participated in, and uh, how they performed. And also, you get access to the project that they submitted. So we know we can do we can know a lot of things. But even though they're not already uh, an Agorize challenger, it doesn't mean that they're out necess- necessarily. I'm really here to assess if they understood our product and uh, if they if their values align with ours. Right. So typically, the kinds of values to me that are very personally important are uh, merit, mm-hmm. merit over over privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So 
if you believe in the fact that everybody will have equal chances of, of winning in life as long as you work hard or you're capable of seizing the right opportunities instead of knowing the right people or, oh, my dad or my mom knows this person at mm-hmm. this company. So that's how I got in. Mm. Uh, these are the kinds of mentality that I usually, it's a, it's a, it's a red flag to me. So I'm really here to assess um, like best ideas of every or uh, can be from everywhere if you believe uh, in the power of collaboration of going out of your comfort zone having a growth mindset be capable of uh, learning every day and learning fast and also be aware of the fact that you will never stop learning these are the values that are super super important to me and kindness as well because sneaky people gossiping people are yes. a terrible terrible disease at companies and uh, um I really want to assess very quickly if the person who joins the company will have these kinds of tendencies, you know, to gossip, to uh, have bad vibes and stuff like that. Right on. But it, yeah, it's really different from person to person. I know that my biggest strengths are also my biggest weaknesses. So I tend to surround myself with people who have the qualities that I would love to have, but also that we have uh, enough overlap so that we can meet on common grounds when it comes to values. Hard skills can be, can be learned. But soft skills and values cannot be taught. It's right. impossible. Yeah. yeah, it really is, and it's a it's a it's a lot of that DNA, and it's very challenging to uh, to get down to that. And you know, a lot of people rush into the quote unquote the interview process, and they end up with the wrong person because they're they're anxious to get a person versus the right person. So that's awesome that you're that you're doing that. Um, one of the things, Aurelia, that I'm seeing in your business is really a shift in the way that employers are looking at prospective employees. Uh, you're you're exposing them to talent. You're exposing them to uh, you know teamwork. You're exposing them to uh, a personality aspect when they're when they're connected with these prospects, prospective employees online. Do you see do you see more and more uh, employers? shifting from the traditional interview stage to the, you know, the resume stage to, to LinkedIn, to these experiential connections with their employees or prospective employees? Oh my God. Yes. And, and fortunately, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, Fortunately. I love it. (laughs) CVs are, are killing the, the hiring process. It's, it's a disease. Uh, I'm going to be very extreme here and very intense. Go for it. Yeah. Lean in. Let's do it. Oh my God. (laughs) Resumes. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) (laughs) Resumes and and especially the way they're handled by ATS systems. So applicant tracking systems today is the worst thing that can happen to, um, it's the worst thing that can happen to any company of any size. Right. So I, I know it's overwhelming when you're a large corporation to receive 10,000s of CVs on a daily basis. And I know that ATS systems where there's a, there's a robot basically who, which filters the resumes based on the keywords they find on your resume. Right. It, it's, it's a patch that is necessary when you have a lot of volume, mm-hmm. but that's why, mm. um, that's why hackathons and challenges are so interesting. It's because it's instead of uh, having no control whatsoever on the kind of people who send you your resume and having no control whatsoever on how do I actually know that you're good at project management? How do I actually know that you you can code in Python? Right. Uh, well, do a challenge, do a hackathon. And instead of uh, today, resumes or self-declaration like um I know I I'm telling you I can do that. 
Mm. But when it comes to times to actually prove it, yep. usually <laughs> you get a lot of surprises. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, when you well, get in the game and you're not ready to play the game because you don't know the rules how to play it, let alone how to uh, how to how to actually participate in it, then uh, then absolutely you're 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 now showing your true your true colors. And do you find some some people some people uh, actually say, uh, well, actually, I'm not going to participate now because they're now pressured into doing something they're not ready to do totally cool. totally well uh participating in a hackathon and anybody who has ever done a hackathon or a challenge would tell you the same it's like being thrown into a swimming pool and <laughs> not knowing how to swim usually right and then you see the people who have who are resourceful who can work well under pressure and who could work in teams right and this is everything that is shown during a hackathon. And to me, I never look at the university that the person has done, the number of years of experience. To me, I'm always asking, what have you achieved? What are the projects you worked on? And what are the things that actually concretely came out of these projects? Can mm, you show me? Yes. Show me stuff. And a lot of, like, I have a very low uh, conversion rate when it comes to job interviews, because whenever you come into the core of Show me what you have done or what you can do. Right. Uh, we, we, for example, provide assignments and stuff to uh, to applicants, and um, yeah, it can definitely drive people away. Candidate candidates who have top notch CVs, came out of top universities, etc., have a lot of years of experience. Well, they fail during the interview because when you ask them to do something, it's impossible. So I think that companies in general have a lot of thinkers, but they have very few doers. And I'm a very doing person, like doing focused person. Um, it's great to have people who strategize, but if you only have strategists, strategizing is good. But if you only have people who have analysis paralysis, you cannot you cannot move your company. You cannot grow your company. I love it. What's the difference between hackathons and challenges? You reference them separately. I'm, I'm thinking they're the same. Are they not? Well, um, the the word challenge is the, the word we use at Agorize, but I know that sometimes it can be misunderstood and hackathon uh, is actually, you know, you know, I'm always a little bit struggling, struggling here because hackathon is a well-known word while yes. challenge is a little bit more common word that can mean a lot of different things. But challenge to me has a more, um, has a less techie vibe to it because uh, it really conveys the fact that even though, even if you're not a techie, you can join. While hackathons, we actively promote the fact that they can, anybody can join, but it's still not very well perceived here in Canada as a very inclusive competition. Aureli, we've got a audience that's pretty broad listening to this podcast right now, and they're all leaning in to say, okay, what do I do now? Because I'm interested, I want to I want to take the, uh, the the 2.5 million entrepreneurs in this country and send them to you. What what's the process that they go through to start to hang out with you, amazing people? Well, hang out. You mean uh, well, the first thing they can do and is go on agorize.com and, and check the startup challenges that we offer. Okay, and that are open to all entrepreneurs, everybody who has a startup, uh, any kinds of stage, they they have access through our platform to incredible uh, business opportunities, right right through your door. And um, sometimes, to be honest, I have a, a hard time convincing startupers in Canada that just uploading your deck taking 30 minutes of your time uh, just to, to participate and, and apply to our, our challenges 
maybe game changing for your yeah. for your business. Right. I don't know why because uh, okay maybe okay two reasons. First is most of our startup challenges today are coming from Europe and in Asia, and I I personally have a, I'm struggling a little bit with uh, convincing corporations here in Canada to launch startup competitions. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a cultural barrier. There's a glass. There's a glass ceiling here. I don't know how, how to break. And it's, I know it's coming, but um, a lot of other companies before have tried, you know, building corporate incubators, uh, connecting startups yeah. with corporations. But the, the format of a challenge, of a startup challenge is not very super popular here. Right. So startupers in Canada are super focused on the American market, but not so much on the European and Asian mm-hmm. market, which is a shame. It is. It is a shame. Um, because they have access through our platform to tons and tons of opportunities. And uh, you know how hard it is as a startupper, as an entrepreneur, to find the right decision maker with a checkbook yeah. and, and the pen in, the, in his hand in his hand to sign your contract. We give them access directed to these decision makers who are uh, capable of signing a deal with them. Wow. That's why. Uh, I don't understand why I have <laughs> such a hard time sometimes to convince them, but that's well, another do you, story. <laughs> do, you think it's, do you think it's a branding issue uh, more than anything? It's just awareness? I mean, because it, it, look, after this conversation, people are going to get it and they're going to go to Agorize, which is, by the way, it's A-G-O-R-I-Z-E.com. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, perfect. So you're going to have people that go now, but you know, this is a no freaking brainer to me. Of course, you're going to go and check it out anyway, because of all the wonderful things that we just talked about and all the wonderful opportunities. So, uh, you know, I, I, and, and how long have you been in North America? Uh, two years now. Right. Yeah. So you're still creating awareness in, in this marketplace, but I, I agree that, you know, the cultural shift is, uh, is something we still deal with. And, and so that's a bit of a challenge, but, uh, I think definitely you're going to, you're going to move, you're going to move some significant hurdles after people listen to this show. So where are you taking, uh, agorize? Are you, are you going to go open up, uh, agorize in one of those 10 countries that doesn't now have agorize to it? Or are you going to hang out in North America for a while, which I hope you do. <laughs> I, I love it uh in canada um i i want to i want to settle here i love it here uh, so much i travel a lot to the u.s yes uh, because we have a growing number of customers there we have a growing traction there for example we we've signed last year the u.s department of education wow yeah i know it's like the that's the U.S. Yeah. federal administration buying uh, technology. This <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really want to settle here and, and expand our, our. I do believe that there's a lot of value to be brought here in Canada and in the U.S. Even though our biggest competitors are down south, uh, if large cor- corporates like this are public organizations prefer our platform over the many other competitors that are out there. Well, that's because there is something. And the fact that it was built in Europe gives us an incredible competitive edge, especially in Canada, because we're natively bilingual. Right. Our platform right. is available in French and in English, which mm. in the US it's it's unthinkable to, mm-hmm. to translate your tool. Mm-hmm. Or unless you have already five thousand employees. So that's maybe um, one of our one of our competitive edges here. Mm, wonderful. Well, Aureli, I could keep on talking with you. I really could because I'm intrigued with the when, when the whole branding. I'm, I'm intrigued with the momentum that you've created. I'm intrigued with your value proposition. Uh, it's all just magical stuff. And I'm glad that you brought this to uh, to, uh, to Canada. Uh, and I know our startup communities and our entrepreneurs are going to be uh, really blessed to have this information that you've conveyed to us. And you said at the beginning that you wanted to have 
people understand the value of hackathons and uh, online challenges as a, as a tool to grow your business and to break down the, the, that, that perceived barrier. I think you did an amazing job. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you for your feedback. And if that, if I had one last message is I know that hackathons can sound very frat culture <laughs> where uh, you have 95% of men, but uh, something I'm really proud about Agorize is that we have 45% of female users or people who identify as females. Uh, and the reason why is because they're not stuck uh, for a whole weekend uh, with strangers, etc. So the way the way the, our hackathons work is uh, more appealing to a more diverse crowd. And I think we need more women challengers. And uh, the last thing is just to give you a, like a Cinderella success story, our two top contestants right now on Agorize are two women out wow. of three. And yeah. two women and the third one is a, is a guy. Yeah. Uh, so everything is possible. And um, hey, we need more women. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> doing a good job with that. I know there's a great momentum towards uh, encouraging more women entrepreneurs in our country, which is fantastic. And uh, and and the results are there that, uh, you know, more women involved with the whole business world uh, makes it better for everybody, including the communities that we serve. So so uh, the challenge is out and I'm sure it's going to be met. Well, look, you have a uh, an incredible day, Aureli. You keep happening and uh, let's keep uh, your magic happening with Startup Canada too. We so appreciate what you're doing and uh, your time today. Thank you so, so much. And thank you, Rivers. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 